0: It's Nick and Neil's Summer
2: Millwall History Show. Hello, listeners. Welcome to Neil and Nick's Summer History Shows. If you mention the name Millwall Football Club, there's only one address that springs to mind for any fan of a certain vintage, of which I am one. Listeners. That's Cold Blow Lane, Lucross, London, SE14. Joining me to discuss the quite traumatic move, really, looking back from the Isle of Dogs, where we were founded, is my co-pilot on these shows, Mr Neil Fissler. Welcome to the show, Neil. Hello, Nick. How are you going, mate? Good, mate. Yeah. Um. I think sometimes we we take for granted the fact that we were a New Cross club. Um. Obviously, the club was founded on the Isle of Dogs, we've mentioned in previous shows, the origins of the club in the very industrial, the Mill Docks and, and the West India Docks. But there was a pressing move in 1910. We Obviously, the club had, had a fairly shiftless existence. It was the, This would be the fourth ground move in 25 years since the, the club was founded in 1885. But I think there was a drive and a need and a recognition, Neil, by the end of the 19... 19- ten decade of the opening years of the, of the 20th century, that the Isle of Dogs couldn't support an ambitious football club like Millwall FC. Um, and there was a need to move and find new sources of support, a move that would take us to Cold Lane in the end.
3: Yeah, I think that we'd probably outgrown where we were, heavily industrialised, and we couldn't attract the crowds anymore. And no. support dwindled to... F- 3,000.
2: 3, Quite a difficult uh, ground to get to, I believe, as well. I mean, when, when you yeah, read the James I, Murray book, not easy to get to.
3: No, I think they put on coat. They tried buses from Poplar. Yeah, uh, there was obviously the there was obviously the train and things like that. But I think there was a sense. I think it was split, as we've said in others, that the driving force behind this move was Tom Thorne.
2: Hmm. An ambitious uh, man, yeah.
3: yeah, Very ambitious man. Uh James Skegg, who was actually the town hall clerk at Popular, one of yeah. the Millwall founders, one of the biggest shareholders, he'd made Millwall one of the best-run clubs in the country. And he desperately wanted to keep Millwall on the island, but there was just nowhere for us to go. So he tasked Tom Thorne with finding us somewhere. And that move, uh, that search started in the early as nineteen oh nine, so it took us it took us a long time. And Tom Thornton came up on this idea of to move south of the river. Yeah, um, and it was highly populated; it was more densely
2: populated on top of the Surrey Docks, and was accessible to some level Neil from the island because you could they had a football tunnel. That, uh, I think many fans did. Some There was a split in the fan base. When you read through uh, the lines of the South book, which is a, a, the authoritative work in many respects on, on, on this period, um, many fans were split between the idea of crossing the river, because uh, foreign listeners might not know, but in London, the River Thames is a huge psychological divide and crossing from north to south east yeah, still is, is a big deal. It still is. Yeah,
3: it still right? is. I think many modern-day Millwall fans actually forget <laughs> the club <laughs> actually... North
2: uh, of the River,
3: yeah. North of the River in bandit. Absolutely. Town.
2: And the other thing I just want to say, just seeing James Skegg's name, just interrupting, uh, in these early days of football, and you see this across many football clubs across the whole country, um, to have a football club in your town, in your city, or in many cases, your your, your town, was seen as a real attribute. Uh, It was seen as, um, you know, they were representing your locality. So James Skeggs, as this one of the early shareholders, was also um, linked in as, as, as a clerk at Popular Council. Um, they, it, it would have been a real wrench for that local council to lose its football club. It was seen as something to have and a kind of a, a method of keeping your name out there, you know. So to lose it to south to, to south of the river was would have been seen as a real loss at the time.
3: Yeah, it's probably yeah, but it it's probably the equivalent of uh, Wimbledon moving to Milton Keynes. N- Milton Keynes, yeah. Well, with the hysterics and obviously, everything. yeah, yeah, the
2: the, the 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 razzmatazz of that. I mean, the Thorn family. I mean, we've we've mentioned them on previous shows. Tom Thorne in particular, we've already said it. We'll say it again. He was an ambitious man. I think he saw the potential of Millwall Football Club accessing the bigger population centres of New Cross, the Surrey Docks. Bermondsey, uh and, and points southwards. And I think that was seen as um, very much seen as, as as the way forward, the future of Mill Football Club south of the river.
3: Um, yeah, there were no football clubs. There was Plumstead or the Woolwich Arsenal, was there?
2: No Cholton, <laughs>
3: yeah. Yeah, they were. There was no yeah, but there were no spotters. There was certainly no competition then. Definitely no competition now. Uh, <laughs> but there was nothing in between. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, Well, in between us and plums, did it just go? You know, no, that, no. Yeah, no, Charlton have no. always have yeah, always lived in Millwall shadow and always will live in Millwall shadow. And then there was outfit further south to Croydon. Yes, and there, yes. There was this great expanse in between. There it was, was a tra- shrewdly
2: chosen lo- location, wasn't it? I mean, it, very shrewdly chosen location. I mean, when you look at the sites. Um subject. I mean, one of the strange things about the old den, which you only really see when you look at maps of that era, just after Tom Thorn eventually settled on, on the Coldblow Lane site after a series of I think they looked at the back of the Rose Inn, which is at Near Cross Gates, from uh reading through the lines of the south, and I think a place in Deptford, but they settled on what was a, a market garden site on Coal Blow Lane, but hemmed in by railway lines, Neil. Um the old yeah. den was yeah, it was it was um it was defined by the railway lines, like a triangle of a railway line that, that, that dictated how it could be laid out.
3: Yeah, and it was actually ground that was secured from the London, Brighton, and South West railway, railway Company. Yeah. But yeah, I think I think importantly, it, we got a twenty-one year lease on it. Yeah, and this enabled us to put down some pretty serious routes in the area. Uh, every other, every other ground we had we had on two three four five year leases. Yeah. yeah
2: so
3: uh, so it was the case of every time something happened we had to move or we outgrew somewhere but this was a big parcel of land when you look at it uh, there's certainly older people I remember and the younger generation that if you ever look on the most inappropriate <laughs> a parcel of land in football, Jews Hill, yes, and you look down right. on the old ground, but behind you, that big bowl was actually a Speedway Stadium, a Greyhound track.
2: New, famous one, New Cross Speedway. Yeah.
3: Yeah, the, yeah, the New yeah. Cross Stadium. So yeah. there was tremendous amount of land down there. And yeah. develop, And yeah, but it was our own. I know it was a 21 year lease. And, I think we eventually ended up buying it, but but incidentally, if the railway company wanted the land, they had to compensate us before yeah. we were just turfed out and away you go. And uh, I think the Millwall docks thought they were doing us a favour when we could store stuff there until we could find <laughs> somewhere else. But but this was home. This was our own. This was something that we could develop and,
2: and it would we- go on to become synonymous. I mean, cold blow lane and mill will go together like steak and kidney, bacon and eggs. They're just they flow off of the tongue for anyone of a certain age, listeners of which, as we keep saying, we are. Um, but it was it was a relatively big ground. I mean, some of the the, the grounds on the on the other Dogs were quite limited in in capacity. Um, and average crowds there weren't huge. I mean, three to five thousand would per game, which generated a need to move. But the Den, uh, Cobler Lane um, was intended to be a thirty-six thousand capacity ground nil. but it would actually—I mean, in the end, I think the official capacity when I first started it was a forty-five thousand. I think and how you'd ever get forty thousand people in it—I I don't know—but um, it, it was just a bigger. Days, that's how <laughs> <laughs> it was. It, it, was it, it was a bigger capacity facility, and I think it enabled the club to to think bigger, um, which I think was the key reason behind the. Uh, the move away from from the Isle of dogs. I love some of these these. Um, I mean, the details when we came to move Neil. I mean, obviously it was a market garden. We settled on this site at uh, Colburn Lane. But I love the um, the advert that you've listed here. Um, the club put out that contractors could dump their rubbish there. To I suppose that's to build up terracing to give you a, a banking, you know, for the uh, concrete yeah.
3: terracing like that. Yeah, well, basically this would have been flatland. There'd have been no banking no terracing and you needed four sides so for the princely sum of two pounds and ten shillings you could buy a book of a hundred tickets which which enabled you to dump your rubbish
2: <laughs> stuff, yeah. that's how, that's how you, you build that's how you build uh, a
3: stadium you was quite entrepreneurial if you think about it that we needed a ground built so we actually yeah so how do you actually, gonna do it so we actually advertised that people could come and dump their rubbish, their hardcore and whatever else, and that would build a football ground out of all your rubbish. It was a modern, yeah. Well, I know one of the new World Cup stadiums, it's recycled materials. So, <laughs> yeah,
2: you well, know, so was the old then. I love this quote. Um, I'm gonna come back to the last game on the North Greenwich if I may. Neil, I'm gonna loop, I'm gonna finish this, this show with this little bit, if I may. So I'll come back to that. Um, but I love this quote about the new den, the the, the, the den I should call it, the, the new at the time den from the Athletic News that it's reachable from all four quarters of the globe. That's quite a claim, isn't it? Who says modern journalism is, is, you know, goes too far? I mean, that, that's quite a leap. I'm, um, we're no longer amongst the docks, the Athletic News says. We are breaching and broaching a new center of population of a modern enclosure. Um, I think it was seen as a real step forwards. I mean, in fact, we were um, credited with an international game, the the England versus Wales game after opening. So it was seen as quite a feat that, that we were achieving here at the time.
3: Yeah, and it was it was a brand new it was a brand new big ground, and it had all the accommodation accommodation. They did not yeah they don't call it terracing and stands. It's accommodation
2: accommodation.
3: But, <laughs> but I think a larger more had got the. Pitch ready quite quickly, but
2: obviously yeah. you
3: build it up. So there were problems. So we actually started the season back at North Greenwich.
2: Yeah, the old so, ground. Yeah. So we haven't quite migrated.
3: Given yeah, the reason given was the new stand wasn't ready.
2: Building a stadium is never an easy, straightforward thing. Just ask West Ham about that. Listen. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> get someone else to do it for you. Levy decided
3: to change the plan. They had to go through. A whole set of new planning permission, but with this new ground it, yeah I didn't realize this, but I was reading when I was researching this the new ground contained reading uh billiard uh, players' rooms will be provided as well as yeah. in- by a supper That's, the supper, that's wonderful by a supper. <laughs> <I love
2: it. laughs> I'd love to know where the billiard table was. I, mean, I only even went in that exec lounge once at the old den. I, I didn't see a billiard table in there, but who knows? You know, who knows? Um,
3: yeah, a well, concert room, I think, was in there as well. So there concert been... room? I,
2: mean, I never saw concert a
3: concert room. Concert room. This is, yeah, well, this is what is... people listen to our podcast, Nick, because <laughs> because there will now be scratching their heads wondering. Uh, there must have been a the... piano
2: in there. It must have been a piano for, for yeah, recitals and the concert. like. You know? A billiard room. And a reading room. <laughs> I mean, we've we mentioned Tom Fawn's name. And he, uh, that is an ambitious, He is an, he's an ambitious man. He wants the best for Millwall Football Club. And I think the move from the Isle of Dogs um, was seen as raising our standards. And these, these, you know, the, it's quite interesting you mentioned the reading room, a billiard table, concert pool, and um, various facilities like that, because that is would have been seen... As aspirational, moving up in the world, um, and we, you know, we are a working class club, um, but there's no reason why just because you're working class you can't aim for higher in life. And I think there was a bit of a sense of that, Neil. This was moving upwards, this was going to be a big club, an Arsenal, as it would become in time.
3: Yeah, we had ambition, didn't we, back then? Yeah. We had ambition right up until World War Two. That's not yeah. to say we haven't got ambition now, but we. But we were one of the biggest clubs in the country. was certainly one of the biggest clubs in London. Arguably, we were bigger than Tottenham at the time. And really, there was only the Arsenal, which would have pushed us. But the club was forward-thinking. It was ambitious. And uh, getting Archibald Leach, the great
2: football Famous player. name. Famous name. Yeah. And,
3: yeah, but I know we've done shows on legends. But as football legends go... Archibald Leach is right up there with the biggest, biggest names. He he designed grounds, virtually every ground in the country was an Archibald Leach. Leach stands
2: were legendary, weren't they? Archibald Leach was an architect, listeners who specialized in football stadium construction. And you're talking
3: about examples that are still around. Uh the outside of the stands at Highbury, I know they've been turned into flats, Yeah, but they're,
2: they're still there, plan. they're listed, they're listed, aren't they? Yep. So you
3: can't sayle outs yep. the grandstand is Archibald Leach, even though he died by then. I think it was Leach's plans. But examples, the main stand at Goodison Park
2: is yeah, as uh, a Leech It's yeah, an Archibald and uh an Ibrox Park. I think
3: yeah. I think those are the only examples that are left. I could be wrong.
2: But I think you're um, right. I know that um, Roker Park was an archibald Leech, but of course that's gone. And I think I've, you know, as as time has passed, listeners, the these um the classics, they, you know, they, the the outside, the exterior of um, Highbury is, was seen as um, a bold, you know, this is brash, big, bold, new sport. This was the, field, the, the it, I think is a good, yeah. Word. I know we yeah, used. In another Captured the imagination of the people, and this was this was this was accommodation a word we got here—that would, um, you know, that, that would capture it. So I, I think it's interesting to, to see the aim. I think Millwall Football Club Neil, at various points, including this, under Tom Thorne, but other points in in the years to come. We were always, we we're never short of ambition. But we've also been very un- unfortunate in meeting disaster, triumph and disaster go hand in hand at Mill, don't they? You know, and, and I think that's knocked us back, whether it be war, or uh, riot, or whatever <laughs> you want to call it. We 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 triumph and disaster hand in hand. You know, I think that's that's held us back at times. But we've never wanted for ambition. I include Reg Burr actually in some of the... He relaunched us in the eighties. Yeah, we're, we're moving. Brand was ambition,
3: because absolutely, we, because we couldn't redevelop the den. Yeah, yeah. we had to move. Yeah, and I know he promised us all sorts, uh, <laughs> but he was a visionary. He he was pretty much like the Thorns, and uh,
2: well, yeah, um, but that was the, the the new den, our den now, listeners, was the first brand new ground in London. Since this era, um, I think since Highbury was built shortly after uh, Cobleau Lane will be constructed. But, I mean, just on the point of ambition, it, that was ambition. Um, it, it led us to disaster in a sense that we would finish up in administration. But we've never wanted for ambition. And I think it's to our, our club's credit that we've never, you know, the disaster has come along. But we've always responded with an ambitious re- reply um, at various crucial points now. Now, history and that includes this move to, to Cold Blow Lane because this it must have been traumatic. I was just reading about this, uh, Mr. Skeggs, the, the, the town clerk of Poplar, major shareholder. Uh, Neil, your note here says he declared he never wanted to be concerned in another such undertaking. Um, it must have been traumatic at the time, um,
3: especially a second big move in eight, yeah. nine years, yeah. Because we'd obviously moved to North Greenwich and everything that was involved there. Yeah. And then all of a sudden, we're going through it again. <laughs> Less than a decade later, you could imagine he was probably worn down by this. This wasn't his job. He.
2: No, he was (laughs) was a town clerk. He was there to clean clean the bins and and keep the gas lights going and all that kind of thing.
3: Yeah, this was just for kudos in society. (laughs) It was back then. He was involved with Millwall Football Club. And and I can imagine search was a difficult search because you have to try and find the ground. I don't know how they did it. Did they go down there? I think it was
2: done in some some secrecy. I think they didn't want to alert... um, like the commercial opponents—I don't know who that might have been—but I think it was done in some secrecy. I think price was a factor. I don't think they wanted to alert any uh, prospective sellers of land, and then value would go up. Obviously, yeah. So but I it think it was done
3: thousand pounds, which was a considerable sum of money back then. I'll...
2: Yeah, and Elijah was involved in Elijah Moore was involved in the construction of the of the new den and the, and certainly the laying out of the pitch. Tom Thorn as a builder oversaw the construction aspects of, of the new ground um, yeah, it
3: was built by company from knightsbridge so tom Thorne, tom thorns to yeah yeah he didn't actually build the ground but he would have been heavily involved absolutely in, absolutely. in getting them involved i guess he was a house builder and he needed something a little bit more than that
2: there's a lovely um if, if you'll forgive me neil and listeners uh, just to close this this episode, there's a lovely few paragraphs. So I'm gonna forgive me for reading this out. This is from James Murray's masterwork, The Lines of the South. It just concerns the final game at North Greenwich, this emotional um leaving of the island, which I think just it sums up the kind of sentimental aspect of Mill Football Club and the, the ambition side of it. For every ambition, there's always a slight sense of loss. And I think this, this, these, these words, if you'll forgive me, Neil, I just want to read them out, because I think they really do capture something. We're talking about the final game at North Greenwich, which was, it was a delayed exit. There was a series of final games because the new ground wasn't ready. Um, but I'm going to read now. It says, when the final whistle blew, the Millwall players waved to the cheering crowd and said their goodbyes. Millwall were leaving the island, while the island in turn had lost a friend, an industry, a recreation and a vital part of its lifeblood. No longer would the Saturday afternoon crowd pop into Uncle Tom's cabin on British Street for a packet of woodbines and a cup of tea on the way to the match. Or if they fancied the harder stuff, some St. bass or Worthington, best bitter at the Lord Nelson. Or maybe Taylor Walker's at the Manchester Arms in Cubitt Town. Some might have shops at Elijah Moore's Toilet Club, which would be a Toilet Club, a strange expression, it's like a barber's for a shave. Um, as bad as the ground was, North Greenwich, its very ugliness helped build a legend. It was well known that even if the uncompromising Mill defenders and the mighty tiny Joyce didn't put off opposing attackers, then the young supporters sitting behind a goal, throwing handfuls of sand into their faces, would. I just think that's lovely. This captures real one. tosser. <laughs> a bit tosser. That's nineteen ten. <laughs> the ugliness of the ground. There's something. Everything changes, yet nothing changes. Listeners. That's I just thought it was beautiful words by James Murray, and I think it summed up the move, the ambitious move from North Greenwich to New Cross to Coldblow Lane. Neil, thank you, mate. I've enjoyed today's episode. That was a good one.
3: Thank you very much indeed. Yeah, I well, hope everybody enjoys season. If and if anybody's got any ideas of anything that we haven't covered that you would like us to cover, get in touch. You've, yeah, the email address is in the description below. And you can hit us both up on social media me at Neil Fisler and uh, him at
2: Acton Millwall. Acton Millwall, absolutely. Be lovely to hear from you, and suggestions are welcome. Um, we'll do our best to research and come up with some of the stories, names, and personalities behind our wonderful history. Thank you for listening, dear listeners. It's Nick and Neil's
0: Summer Millwall History Show.